0: So, getting kind of started in this chapter, this was the one I was really excited for whenever it was unfolding. uh, Because we see... Because
1: you really wanted Elokar to die, really? That's what you were really excited for?
0: (laughs) No, come on, no. No, I was excited because this was Elokar's big hero moment, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Sort of. And he kind of has it. Like I said, so so Kaladin and Elokar rescue Elkar's son Gavinor, right? Yep. Um from Asadan, Acedon. Um which was really like again, I always kind of envision this as like an on-screen adaptation, I guess, and I feel like this would just be such a huge pivotal scene like that everyone is like going crazy over. Um Just kind of that, and and them seeing each other and realizing that she's like. Not so. To say the least. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, She is literally an unmade. She
1: says, yeah, she says uh, (laughs) a lot of crazy things in this chapter, (laughs) but one of the things that actually gets to me the most is Elokar runs in and says, Where's my son? Where is Gavinor? And she says, Oh,. He's playing with friends. Like And then he's over here neglected in the corner and Spren are attacking him. Like oh that I hate that. Where she's completely neglected this small three year old and this three year old has like needs and needs his mom and needs his dad and she's like, Oh, he's he's fine, he's playing with friends and like in her mind the spren are his friends. Like she's so far gone that she cannot keep track of her own son. Like, ah,
0: oh, I hate that. Yeah, she, I hate that line. We we see Acedan entirely, entirely corrupted and just no longer. I just take it as this is no longer Acedan. This is the unmade. I don't know host person. Like, it's just a a big mess. So that was really in like vile. And, and tough but um so we see them elkar kind of escapes right? right doesn't he like i don't remember exactly what happens before he dies but he kind of makes an escape and then is confronted later maybe i have that all mixed up
1: so they they run in to the the queen's chamber and we'll talk about some of the dialogue here in a second but they grab Gavinor realize Ashadon is beyond saving and we get the iconic line of Kaladin taking Elokar by the arm and saying, Be a hero to the one you can save. I love that line because he's telling That's him weird. you have to you have to let her go. You have a responsibility for Gavanor. You have to save the one that you can get out now. And then they run back down the hallway. And then they have a fight in like the main hall is what you're referring to. Paul? Mm-hmm. But before we get there, I want to talk about some of the dialogue between Acedon and Elokar. Uh, Elliot, did you want to chip in here at all before I talk about some of this?
2: Nope. I have thoughts, but keep going.
1: So Elokar and Kaladin realize pretty quick that she's completely gone. And she talks about the Ardent was trying to overthrow her and restart the hierarchy and that's was justification for her killing the Ardent. And then she refers to her corrupt palace guard as her radiance, which is super creepy. Like, have you met my radiance? Like, ah. Oh, and then
2: uh I, pause on that real quick. Yep. So that I noted that too. And that seems to be some evidence to me that points towards this whole unmade and spread of odium and things like that being a mockery of the Knight's Radiant. We, we've kind of tried to figure that out before. Are we looking at like a, a one-to-one, these are the, the dark versions of like our heralds or are these the dark versions of our, our Knight's Radiant orders? And I don't think we have enough evidence to kind of decide one way or the other. I'm kind of leaning towards not actually based on a few different things, but this was kind of a a reason to nudge me back that way. She thinks she's like created an order of Knights Radiant, and she calls these like zombies basically that she has radiance, which tells me in her mind she, she views it as like that thing, which points towards, you know, a corrupted version of the truth. So there's that. Yeah.
1: Kaladin finds Gavanor with the help of Syl behind a, a dressing screen in the corner and he's being attacked by Spren and Kaladin reacts instantly. of I will protect those who cannot protect themselves. Pulls Syl out as a shard knife And kills a spren. I don't know if you guys really, like, caught the gravity of what happened here, but Syl definitely does. Because Syl, like, shudders in his hand and, like, starts shaking when Syl kills this other spren with herself. Uh, Did you guys have anything to add here? But there's... We've never seen this before. We've never seen a spren die besides the recreants and maybe, like, Adolin's sword. Is would be called a dead Spren, but we've never seen a mm-hmm. a Spren die like this before. But
0: so my thoughts with this. So okay, back to our realms. Okay, we have we are in the physical realm. There is the cognitive realm and the spiritual realm, right? Mm-hmm. I don't actually remember what the spiritual realm is, but cognitive realm is Shadesmar, correct? The on- yes,
1: the only thing you know about the spiritual realm right now is that's where Stormlight comes from. That's the only okay. thing you know about the spiritual realm right now.
0: Um so. My understanding of this is when Kaladin uses Syl to kill a spren, that in Shadesmar she has like killed a Spren, like killed another basically person. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of my understanding. I I don't know how to go much further than that. Other than she's like, "Wow, I just killed someone. I don't like that. Please don't do that again." Um. I don't know. Is she supposed to be able to do that? I. I it's kind of a gray area in my mind.
2: It seemed like a very gray area and a very unexpected moment because I'm comparing this back to when Sill died we had the very dramatic whole like part of the book where we thought Syl was dead and gone and maybe completely never coming back again and then later she ends up coming back and we we learned that like when Syl died it wasn't necessarily like a permanent she's completely gone it was it was a death but she also came back with the renewing of that bond this seems different the Kaladin, like, describes it as this spren, like, shattering into a bunch of pieces and, like, evaporating up off or something like that. This seems like we've actually physically destroyed a spren, which, yeah, to this point, didn't I didn't know that was possible. So definitely of note. And I don't even think Sil knew it was possible,
1: so. Because she asks Kaladin, did we just kill a spren? I don't even know yeah. what we just did there. After Elokar and Asedon have a couple words back and forth, Elokar notices Gavanor in the corner, goes to his son, and picks him up. And Kaladin turns to Asedon and challenges her. Do you guys remember what he says here? He turns to her and says, How long have you been preparing for this? And mm. Asedon replies, oh, from the return of my, like, my my husband's return. And he says, I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to the thing beyond you. And what, it, do you guys remember her response? No, not off the top of my head. She responds with, Yelignar serves me. Or are you talking about the heart of the rebel? Do you guys know who Yelignar is?
2: Okay, so this is a it great seemed, question.
0: I assumed it was the Heart of the Revel, but I didn't I didn't.
2: Two different that. things. Okay. And and I'm confused because we have we have a name for the Heart of the Revel. She she actually says it right here, and we've heard it before. A Ashertmarn. Ashertmarn, yep. Yeah. Ashertmarn. That's so a Heart of the Revel. Yep. Right, Trevor. Yep. So we have Ashurt Marn, Heart of the Revel. We have Sh- Sha Anat, who also had a name Secret Taker or something like that. The Taker of Secrets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now we have Yelignar. Is this a third unmade? It's a great question. We were talking question. about two unmade. Like first we thought it was one. Then we had the big reveal of, oh, Shallan and Pattern have figured out we're dealing with two. Are we actually dealing with three? Second question, have we seen Yelignar before? Okay, I need your help with this one because I read this name and I thought, I've heard that before. I was very convinced that you, I'd heard this before. You have heard but it here, before. Here's the problem. And I feel like this is slightly cheating, but I pulled up my ebook of Words of Radiance on my phone, and I searched for this name, and nothing came up. That's for you, Words of Radiance. Because you didn't go back far enough. But I no longer have Way of Kings ebook on my phone, so I couldn't go back and ser- word search in that one. So I'm assuming it was somewhere in there. Ah, but oh, it I does do
0: sound
1: familiar. All right, so. I'm not going to pretend like I knew this reference off the top of my head because I did not, but I do have refer- I do have uh, access to references that you guys do not, so I get to cheat over here. And let me read you the epigraph to The Way of Kings, chapter 45. Yelignar, called Blightwind, was one that could speak like a man though often his voice was accompanied by the wails of those he consumed so is this an unmade is this something else what are we talking about here she she goes on, and I'll even push a little bit further cuz she goes on to talk about her gemstone Humans don't have gemstones. She she says that she's taken the gemstone into her. And right when she does, says that, her eyes start glowing dark red. And that's when Kaladin and Elokar are like, okay, time to go. And then they run back down the hallway. And then later in the scene, she's like, you see her, like, Elokar looks over his shoulder and you see her coming down the stairs And there's the gemstone shining through her dress like over her heart and her eyes are completely red and she's like glowing like this dark like mass like walking
2: evilly down the stairs. It it even describes her as having like protruding spines and like spikes and stuff coming off of her. I immediately drew the comparison to our parchment, our Parshendi like transformations like their forms and even their gem hearts yep. which is where you're about to go with this
1: right so we've just learned kaladin killed a fused on the wall and he found a gem heart in the in the fuse that's how he killed the fused a Sudan just gave herself a gem heart and is now Bonded with something. Whatever Yelignar is, is Yelignar a like a void spren, or is Yelignar an unmade? What do we, what do we think?
0: What do we think? Hmm. <laughs> well, Trevor, I have a lot of questions here before me. My first thought is: Is this like, is is Yelignor trying to create... Acedan into a fused? Like, is is this like a... Is that how they get their gem hearts?
1: Yeah, pause right there. The The description of Aesodon walking down the stairs is 100% Voidbringer. This is a Voidbringer walking down the stairs. Spikes coming out, like, red eyes glowing gem heart like this is a void bringer walking down the stairs
2: so I think we can definitively say at this point Ignar has to be a spren I think simply because she talks about like bonding so she's created a bond with herself and this spren now is it an unmade or is it like i'm thinking of the the really powerful void spren types that that we know are fused are made of or that like there is the that spren thing that kind of guided venly and her discovery of like the forms of power and stuff like that is it just like a really powerful version of one of those possible I'm leaning towards that. This is another unmade, kind of just because of the name structure. It seems consistent. I was with about like, to mention the grammar. Do you want to talk about the yeah. the structure of the word, Elliot?
1: Because we don't we don't see it in the audiobook.
2: Yeah, just kind of the so so. Yelignar is a it's a two part word that's hyphenated, and and I immediately compare that to, um, I think a shirt marn. Yeah, well, a shirt mine is actually not a hyphenated word. That one's all the same. And now I'm gonna not have it in my notes and say something incorrect. But is Shaw a not a hyphenated one, two-part name? Yes,
0: that one is.
1: Yes, Shaw not is hyphenated. And then and we also
0: Shapiro, had the one. The original. Yes, yes, that yep. one.
2: So so we're seeing some kind of consistent structure of the namings with these kind of two-part names and and the hyphenated, you know, clear syllables that are that are split up so that is pointing me down kind of the this is another unmade road but it could also just be a really powerful void spread maybe that's what unmade are but yeah she also talks about she mentions gavilar she does and this seems big to me i think we kind of maybe knew this already but she basically says something to the effect of I didn't discover Yelignar. Gavilar did. I just bonded him. And that seems big. I think we kind of already knew Gavilar was, was seeking. We knew that he was seeking to bring back the gods of the Parshendi, right? He was trying to bring back those beings to try and reawaken the, the Night's Radiant, right? So at least that's what we've kind of concluded so far. So did he succeed? Did he find this Yelignar? Did he even maybe like capture it in the gemstone uh, that uh, that Aesodon has? And Aesodon just found this and figured out a way to somehow ingest or bond this gemstone to herself, so that she's now bonded with the Spren. Like interesting turn of events here.
1: Do you guys remember the prologue of this book?
0: With Gavilar and Eshenai?
1: Eshenai's point of view of Gavilar's death. Yeah. What is what is the turning point between we're buddies and we're going to kill you for the Parshendi?
0: Gavilar is trying to bring back the Parshendi's gods.
1: And she sees the dark sphere. Yes. Right? The dark, oh, yeah, Right? The dark sphere's on the table and he says, Oh, come in Eshenai. I want to tell you all about how we're going to Bring back your gods and we can do it. And Ashidai's like, Yes you can. We're gonna kill you now because we don't want that to happen.
0: So my understanding of Yelignar right now is this isn't just a sprint. It's it's at least it's at least a high sprint where it is like one of the unmade. I'm pretty sold on that, based off the name structure and just the magnitude of this one it doesn't seem like my understanding is like the void spread can bond a Parshendi or someone like a normal but not like multiple and I'm taking this as more of like a multiple you know a higher a higher level I guess of basically just like one of the unmade that that is able to bond people and turn them into fused or maybe that's how we got our fused kind of a lot there I don't fully know but if so if that is the case then I would equate Yelignar to potentially our like windrunner equivalent because the fused are the ones doing all the like lashings and flying around and stuff so that is the only connection I would make there. Doesn't actually matter too much, but.
1: Any more on Asudon?
2: Yasna should, f- Yasna should have just killed good. her in the
1: prologue. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: You know, I'm kind of feeling that now. <laughs> like, I was, I was definitely, I was definitely gonna gonna jump on the whole like whoa, Yasna, why why are we off uh, assassinating a queen? That's not cool. Um, Yeah, yeah, maybe that should have happened.
0: We were like, yeah, Yasna's being really shady. Like, I think I'm losing a lot of respect for her right now, and little did we know. That makes me a little worried. So have we ever found out her, like, secrets that she still won't tell anyone? Yasna's? Yeah. No. Or did we find that
1: out the one that her and ivory won't tell everybody because
0: it's too destructive yeah it's or too crazy right no
1: we have not just not found that out yet
0: okay all right then keep your secrets
1: <laughs> all right so we're running from Aesodon, we run down to the the main hall and the Parsh uh, the void bringers the Parshmen, are have entered the palace and there's this bloodbath of these, the Parchmen that were helping Kaladin, who are, were then forced to become part of the front lines of attacking the city, are right there. Um, I don't remember their names off the top of my head, somebody can help me. The names of the Parchmen that show up. Oh. Saw. Saw and Hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they they basically end up fighting the wall guard that Kaladin joins and they, they all kill each other right there and that's what makes Kaladin lock up to the point where he looks up, Alokar is in danger and he doesn't get there in time because he's locked up
0: this was really first of all, big sad second of all <laughs> It it was this is the first time we've seen Kaladin kind of paralyzed by what's unfolding in battle. I feel like he's always been We've one, seen it he's...
1: once before, but yes.
0: Yes. Anyways. He he tends to he he's usually pretty good about like to quote the the chapter title, Grieve Later, right? Um not this chapter, but like the, next one. the next one. next yep. one. Yeah. Um. But this, because this is the first time he's had s- sympathy, I guess, or really eyes for the Parshendi here. Mm-hmm. Um. Because he sees the ones who are with him, and he got to know and like, basically started building a a, a friendship as much as he could with with them, and then watching them kill his for his wall guard friends, and vice versa. And it was just a humongous mess. And it it was it was difficult all around.
1: So when's the last time that we've seen Kaladin stop everything in battle to just grieve? We've seen it once.
0: Was it with the death of Tien?
1: Tien, right? Tien falls in battle, and he doesn't move from the body. the The battle continues around him, and he just stays on the body right there and it says in this chapter that he hasn't frozen up like this since those days in Amaram's army where he would do this and it's to the point where Adolin and uh, Scar and Dre come flying in from the the sunwalk and grab him by the the shoulder and tow him out the door because he cannot move. He's like completely frozen. Side note, they don't get Gavinor out. The Elokar dies with Gavinor in his in his hand or in his arm and Moash kicks Gavinor aside and stabs Elokar through the eye. I hate this scene. Mo- and the worst part about this scene in my opinion is Moash knows Kaladin is there, kills Elokar, turns to him, and gives him the bridge for salute. I hate that. I hate it. Because, and this is, there's a lot of hate for Moash in the the fandom based on this chapter.
0: That makes sense. (laughs) That makes total sense.
1: And it's all based on the fact that Moash has no has lost the right to the Bridge Force Salute. And he has the gall to give Kaladin the Bridge Force Salute after killing Elokar, what what well, the initial split between them was, of Moash needing revenge on Elokar and Kaladin realizing that's wrong, we're not going to do that. And then Moash finally gets his revenge, turns to him and gives him the Bridge Force Salute.
0: Okay, I need to talk here for a minute, okay? Hold on. Yep. So so what what really makes me mad about this and with Moash is so we saw was it it was in Words of Radiance, right? Throughout a good bit of that book we hear about Moash and how he wants revenge for Elo, on Elokar because like whatever he's responsible for my difficult past. Something along those lines. I don't remember the exact specifics.
1: He he locks away his grandparents for something that they shouldn't have been locked away for, forgets about them, and they die in prison, is what happens.
0: Yes, so, really sad. uh, Moesh wants his revenge. He seeks it out at the end of the book, right? And that's when we get the big Shardblade reveal, because Kaladin is protecting those who can't protect himself. He saves Elokar. Um, I'm also realizing how uh, I feel bad for Elokar now, like, overall. (sighs) Like, oh my goodness, the man got beat up everywhere. Poor kid. Anyways, so that happens. Kaladin basically runs him out, like saves Elokar. Um, but now the magnitude is so in my head, so far beyond. Our characters seeking revenge on other characters. It's like okay, sh- yeah, I understand you're upset, but like there were the fused flying around <laughs> and like all this st- crazy stuff. There's, there's like a thunderclast outside this wall. Like everything is happening. There's three unmade in this city and he's, he's here trying to like enact his, his personal revenge on another person. And it's like, so in, in the middle of all of this, this is when he's doing like, I, I don't understand. How... <laughs> okay. I'm also a, a, a hater for everyone who, uh, Does that... It's... Oh, man. It was difficult. That actually did make my blood boil, like, seeing that happen, and just, like, when did you get here? Why are you here? What are you doing? Like, I don't know. It's it's insane to me. And I guess it's kind of pitted now as, like, Moash is, like, kind of a rival of Kaladin, almost, or, like, you know, they're kind of the opposite like inverses of each other right and oh man i okay it may be it may be up there with like sadius on like i cannot wait for this revenge moment to happen as the reader like oh man okay i think that's all i just needed to vent a little bit (laughs) on that
2: I, I completely concur that the fact that we, we've seen some Moash perspective stuff and we know that revenge is what's driving him but I completely agree with where, where you're at Paul of if he can't set aside his own personal vendetta in the midst of the literal end of the world that's a big deal I mean, that's a that he is so consumed by his need for revenge that he can't stop and realize what's going on, what he is helping enact on the world, simply because he wants revenge for his family. That's you can't justify that. You, you can't even begin to
0: justify that. Also. Also, like, what's what's his game plan? Like, what does he do now? Right. Is he going to go, go with, hanging with like his little gang or whatever? Like, what are you, what are you, what are you doing, Moash? Literally, what, <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. He needs to. Wow.
2: I, I, I was a little disappointed by the scene in that, not in the actual scene itself, but I was just disappointed that we did not get a. Kaladin Moash showdown we we were counting down to that that was on our like our checklist of okay it's it's going down what are we waiting for we're waiting for Kaladin v Moash and we didn't get it we didn't get it we we get the scene here but Kaladin is so crippled by his his sadness his shock that he's in that he can't even do anything in this moment and that's it was it was almost crushing to read and that this should have been the moment where Kaladin and Moash had their showdown and they were able to work it out or, you know, do their, their thing. And and we don't even get it because Kaladin is so so paralyzed that Moash just waltzes in and, and kills Elokar. It's, Oh man.
0: I will say For Brandon Sanderson to write it like this, I think it was a great choice. Even though I hate it, I think it was great. I don't think this should have been where the showdown was, uh, and that is because when the showdown happens now, now we have a lot of like pent up aggression, and emotion, <laughs> blood an emotion at stake. Like, right? Because before. Kaladin saved Elikar. If he just saved Elikar again now, it would be, you know, it would be really cool, I'm sure. But now it's like, you know, I, I can't, I'm struggling to express this with words. Like, <laughs> but it it it's going to make that so, like, high stakes. And it's, there's going to be so much emotion involved.
1: So let me zoom out for a little bit here. For this, for the entirety of Words of Radiance, we learned that the vendetta against Elokar from Moash was personal. That he, he made a mistake against his family. He holds that against Elokar personally, like not as the king of Elokar, but like as a, as a person. He holds that against him. Now, Kaladin gave up his life to save Elokar in Words of Radiance, successfully did so. We get to Oathbringer. He fails to do so. Now, it's personal for Kaladin against moash so what's going to be the difference between moash and kaladin when kaladin gets his chance and follows through with that
2: yeah what comes what comes next for both of them is big does does moash now have like a huge realization of like what have i done like that was that was it that was my entire purpose is he going to feel fulfilled by that? Is he going to feel guilt from that? What does Kaladin do? Does Kaladin take this personal, like you're saying, and, and now make it his own personal crusade to take Moash down? Where where do the two of them go from here? Does this become like the rivalry going forward? Maybe. Maybe it does.
0: I think the best part about Kaladin's um, story development is what, is gonna be my least favorite thing in this moment because I I could I don't know what will happen but I could see it being a thing where Kaladin has to come to kind of forgive this or or just things like that right he can't completely go personal vendetta and like hunt Moash right because that would not be very honorable
1: not very runnery of him
0: yeah and. <laughs> But for once, I wish we could just set the rules aside, <laughs> just let this one go, because uh, this this one really got under my skin. This one hurt. Me that's it's
1: very Adolin of you to say that, actually, because Adolin <laughs> Adolin's the type uh, of guy to be like, I hold these ideals pretty highly, but in this dark alley with Sadius alone, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna set that aside for a second, kill him real quick, and then I'll come back to my ideals. So. so mm-hmm. That it's yeah.
2: a very Adolin thought process, there, Paul. Man. So, so I think what might be the thing that eats at me the most going forward from this is: Did Elokar redeem himself? Mm. I don't know if whether I can answer this question or not. This was the other thing, or one of the other things on our checklist going into this. Can does is Elicar going to get a massive hero moment where he gets to be the leader that he wishes he was, that he sees in Kaladin, that he wants to be, that he knows he's not? Can he earn back some respect and save his wife and son? Does he do that? Does he earn that redemption? I don't know, almost. Maybe, like just barely. It culminates in this really cool scene where he speaks the initial oaths, the the first ideal, right, and starts to glow. Which, that starts to lead to like all of these like what ifs. Like, has he been a radiant this whole or a surge binder this whole time? Is what was he going to go on to be? What order was he, you know, o o thing into swearing into what, whatever they're... And then he dies. And he just dies. And it's all just kind of left hanging there. Ugh. That's gonna bother me.
0: It is. It bothers me too, and I have to say I have to say this from my head and not from my heart. That I love this. (laughs) I think it was Like from a writing standpoint? Yes. From like a storyline, like story writing. Especially at this stage. If this was, like, the end of a storyline, I would be like, no, this sucks. I hate this. But um, but where we are right now, I think it adds so much. I also think it. Uh, I am now letting up on the, like, none of our good guys die. Or, like, at least at pivotal moments. Because this seemed like it was going to be the, like... Elokar unleashing moments where he's going to like surge bind or do something crazy. Right. And then it is just like snap done. He's out. He's dead. Killed by Moash. And yeah, it it like hurts. It it really hurts to be like, well, what was he good? Well, at least tell us what order he was going to (laughs) be here. Like something, but I assume we're not going to get that. Well, or they, maybe, may, maybe they told be you. An elf scholar. They, maybe he went to Shadesmar, and and he'll be back.
1: It's his shard, but it appeared next to
0: him. But oh, true. Fair. They
1: they told you. You just didn't catch it. Uh oh. <laughs> Not in this chapter, but in a previous chapter, they told you.
0: <laughs> okay.
2: Anything. Uh, one more thing I'll just say there uh, on that bit. I, I, I love what you just said, Paul, and that if this was the end of the story, I'd be mad. Like, I'd probably be throwing the book across the room right now and maybe never picking it up again. However, this is not the end. It's the middle. It's the exact middle. It's the apex, the fulcrum of our whole story and it that there is a brilliance to this and that he could have used this moment for a lot of closure. There could have been the resolution here of a lot of different arcs. We could have seen Elokar redeemed. He could have still died, but we could have seen a fully redeemed Elokar die. We could have seen a showdown with Kaladin and Moash that ended with one of them winning, and maybe the other dying, or maybe not. We could have seen, like, unmade, defeated here. None of that happened. None of that. It's all left, like, unresolved and just kind of hanging. It's like we've just crested, like, a huge wave, and instead of settling out, you know, into, like, calm seas, we're, we're now rushing down, like, the backside of the wave, like, into the second half of the storm. It's really really interestingly written here but only because it's the middle and not the end yeah